Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we have Mr. Clyde Steese. Yeah. He is the uh, uh, co-owner of Bill's Bees. I was gonna say he's a good friend of ours, but uh, he, he's one of those guys he's that- a good you, friend. After you have one conversation with him, and now we've had two, you just feel like, man, this guy's a, a great friend. I wish he was my granddad. Yeah. I wish he was my resident beekeeper. Whoa, hold on, he is. He is, essentially. We met him when we filmed the episode uh, 10,000 Bee Beard, uh, where we put the Bee Beard on link. Uh, the, 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 what was the series Which was a called? life. It was the GMM series called uh, uh, ba- Backup, the backup Plan. Plan. Yes. Um, and that was a life defining experience for me. Right, and so he works with. Because I didn't die. I got, well, out of all those bees, I only got stung by one. One. The very last one, pretty and much. It, it hurt a lot. And Bill of Bill's Bees uh, works with Clyde, and Bill is the one that was actually in the video quite a bit. Yeah. But Clyde was uh, kind of behind the scenes, and we talked to him, and he was a character and had a lot of uh, crazy bee stories. Yeah. So we uh, decided to bring him on to Ear Biscuits, and he's, t- he's going to tell us a little bit about some of the, the crazy things that happened to a beekeeper such as himself. I think some life-saving advice is is gonna be coming yeah. your way. We, th- this podcast could save lives, the lives of bees. This, this podcast could save the world. It could. I'm gonna go that far. No, and this is no exaggeration. The, the Yeah, but let's just leave it at that. Let's yeah, not yeah. build it up I, too much. I, yeah, I don't wanna say we anything say, else. But let's just nonchalantly say this this podcast and what Clyde had to say um, could save the world. Yeah, right. But we're, we're not gonna build it up. Mm-mm. I mean, you don't have to keep listening. I mean, it would be your loss as a worldlian. Um, Never heard that term. I am th- so thirsty at the end of this day. I know you're resistant to this, but, but you're I am. thirsty anyway. I know you think I, it's because we went in the ocean. We went in the ocean this morning. And I'm not saying that doesn't and, have an and, impact. I'm just saying I don't seem any thirstier than I normally do. That's why I am so in touch with my personal hydration and don't deny it. Don't deny that you're in touch with your personal hydration? <laughs> yes, I'm not trying to make this confrontational, but I know that you're, you're a hydration denier. Uh, I would just I say that. I am so in touch with my personal hydration that's, that you should listen to me. That's the charitable way for you to what, say that you're very uh, high, uh, sensitive. When I, yeah, You're sensitive I, okay, to, you know to hydration. I am sensitive to my body's and sensitive hy- to, hydration levels. to temperatures. Uh, well, let's not bring, te- uh, no, this has nothing to do with temperatures. I mean, it, it could, this could be a good thing. I mean, it can be annoying, but it could also Are be a good thing. Are you now making a list of things that you're annoyed no, by that I'm sensitive if, to? If one of these days we're in a situation where like there's a killer and he's and he's controlling our hydration and he's slowly decreasing our <laughs> hydration and that's I'd be how, like, you know what, he's killing us slowly by dehydration. You, you would be a great asset there because you would I'm be here. the one that knew that we were having less water. I'm just saying I'm not sensitive to that. I'm not gonna tell you that I'm thirsty. I'm and, just gonna drink the normal amount of water. And you know water. what, I don't expect you to be, and I, I will gladly be that for you. But why don't we just and tell I'm them? And I'm being that today by saying. But why Why you're thirsty, and why we went in the ocean. Because we got in the ocean, and and I've been thirsty all day, and I think that's just my point. You get in the ocean, your body. Maybe you have a leak. I mean, honestly, maybe maybe it's a skin issue. Maybe there's like a hole in you somewhere. Maybe you've got a hole somewhere that you. So <laughs> I, I don't know it, but I think that scientifically, I mean, and maybe What if you have another orifice? Have you, have you, listen, have you looked at every part of your body? Well, I'm not gonna inspect myself for orifices right I now. I go to the dermatologist every six months to have them do a full body check for- For an but, orifice? For other moles, and if there's, another or, if there's another orifice, he will see it. He's never seen it. He's seen every square inch of my body. Doc, just Places give it. that I've never seen, places that I've never ventured to look at in front of a mirror or with a video camera. Just give it to me straight. Do I have another orifice? <laughs> but <laughs> no. you know, but sometimes you can see a big mole and you might be tempted to think it was an orifice until you got close enough to it. If it's dark enough. Hey man, we we're in total agreement. And what we're, I'm saying is we're like is having one of those may, arguments about nothing. You may have an extra orifice and what happens when you get into the ocean is the salt comes in and the good water goes out. And it's been and that orifice has been leaking? Yeah, but you could just caulk, you, you could just caulk it. Uh, you can need to get some like dermatology caulk. That's probably a thing. They probably got some. I, that, next time, I, I, in fact, I've got to go to my dermatologist in about three weeks. It's like shoot it straight, man. You got caught. You got right? you got caught for un, unexpected orifices. <laughs> hey, man, I'm I'm here for one I reason and one reason only. Caught for days. I want my orifice <laughs> caulked. The one the that one orifice. Uh, 
I don't so, know how that happened. So we went to the ocean, and I think it's because my body's not used to being in the ocean water. And I was, and yeah, I was. Extra orifice. We we went surfing. I'm not gonna say paddle boarding because th there's a mm, stigma. There's a big stigma. Even though that's really what we did, but we were surfing waves on paddleboard, but let's just say we were surfing because there's no stigma, it's cool. And I'll say, you know, aside For from- For the first time in over a year, over and a year. My, body, my body was, it was, it was, I think it was acting as if I was in a pool and not the ocean. Mm. And it, well, you and gotta it, give it a took heads in up. way too much salt, and I couldn't. I didn't know how to tell it. You, you didn't close this the. This is gonna be saltier than you're used to. Um, and I gotta say, the main reason we haven't been is because I injured myself over a year ago, and I kind of re-injured my back. And, and I'm afraid to go without you. And you're afraid of sharks. <laughs> well, it's and, a long uh, drive, and you got to get up at like 5 a.m. Yeah. and put boards on a car, and you need like. But I haven't been able to go. I haven't been able to go, and you know that if there's a shark attack, they'll probably go for me first because I'm bigger. It's like they go for the big seal first. Right, and you're so always- they call me big seal. You're always got, you're bloody. And you've got that extra orifice that probably confuses sharks. It's like an octopus with some sort of ink hole. <laughs> ink doesn't come out of it. Really? So you know where it is now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I got you. Okay. You've got one. You got me. <laughs> you've got one. And, I, and speaking of the stigma, I will say, I was thinking about the stigma because of our recent conversation with our friend uh, who we're both getting to know, who will remain nameless. You don't want me to name her, him, yeah. whoever? But uh, when we told him that we were stand up, well first of all, we, oh, it, yeah. we found out that he was a lifelong surfer, grew up in Santa Cruz, lived I in still, Malibu for a while. I still go to the boo every, every Sunday And morning. he's like a legit surfer. He referred to his collection of surfboards as a quiver. <laughs> I he, mean, this is did, yeah. this dude is for real. And we were sitting there and we're becoming friends with him and I was like, uh, we, you, the funny thing is, is you didn't even wanna tell him. That, that ain't funny. But that's the, but I, I I just felt like you wanted to hide that from him, but one of these days he was gonna see the big SUP on top of your car or in the garage or something. Well, I mean, we're, so I, it's a fledgling friendship. I, I wanted don't wanna, to, I I don't wanted wanna to break the seal. Judgment. No, I wanted to break the seal during our like, you know, third or fourth interaction because I didn't want that to wait and become awkward because I know how surfers feel about stand-up paddleboarders. I don't know oh, if yeah. you know this, but they hate us and they call us kooks and they, they, they think that we're dangerous because we are, because we have basically large boats that we're standing on that can kill people and we don't really know what we're doing. I have nearly killed myself f four times. Yeah. And other people. Is at that where least the other times. orifice came from? <laughs> yeah. Was it accidental? I gave myself an orifice but, in a near death experience. But what I will say, stand up paddleboard. In defense of us, is that we know that we're not good. Now, we're a lot better than that. We made a video one time as part of the mythical show, the very first time we ever went on yes. paddleboards. That's on the internet. And we were horrible. In fact, so many people, we were so bad, people thought that we were doing it on purpose. We were jumping off for the comedic <laughs> effect. And no, we just sucked so bad. It was like the board was totally steady. And then it was all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> Yeah. And we've gotten much better than that. Uh, but we're still very uh, cognizant of the fact that we're not liked out there and accepted. So we go to places where it's more acceptable for stand-up paddleboarders. There are other stand-up paddleboarders mm -hmm. and we kind of stay in our lane, so to speak. And I gotta say, you look you look good today. You, you caught something. Now, I did look back there a couple of times and saw you lo <laughs> losing your balance in the middle of nothing and just <laughs> falling over. So it still and, does happen. And then while you notice that, then you lost your balance right, in yeah. the middle of Once nothing. Once you see the other guy fall, it's, it's like, like yeah, yeah, you lose all uh, uh, yeah. perspective. But I, I, I feel good about it. I, it was a a soul fulfilling experience, and it's, we got to do it more, man. We got to do it more. It there's a zen like quality of. I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to be like the electricity. There's electricity involved, but there is. I mean, I there's mean, electricity and everything. But okay, so you are going that. And then the one. The, what's the next step? That there's a connection. I don't know, but I'm just saying. But I'm not. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. Not, you're not going to go with a cosmic connection with the ocean, right? Like but, it's a living thing. But but, I'm, but it is. It's but full I'm, of living maybe I, I saw a Ziploc bag, but I also saw a dolphin. Yeah, I saw so lots of trash. I'm man. somewhere in the middle. There's so much trash. I saw, I saw like a black piece of bag, and I saw um, a, a harbor seal. I saw a Cracker Jack box. And you saw a what? A, 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 a fish? A rock. A human. Well, I mean, we see all these types of things. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a tension here, but there's a zen-like quality to being out there that it just, I mean, all day I've felt, um, well, dehydrated, but <laughs> also just like 
Like I just have more space. I have more space in my life. Mm. Oh, well, it's the it's the water that you leaked. I have more space. I think you know. You've been I'm filling it up all day. Uh, but uh, I feel like beekeeping, and, and we'll get to that. You know, it's it's a whenever we talk to Clyde. Well, we already talked to him, but in that conversation, I just feel like this guy has a little bit of zen. He's got space because he works with bees, and there's a resonance to it or something. So are you? Uh, it's just leading to you're going to take up beekeeping because that doesn't sound like that sounds like the kind of thing that I would try to get you into. Well, try to get me into it. I'm very susceptible. You want me? You want me to get a hive? If you want to, if you want me to get a hive, then you you then I get a hive. Yeah, get a hive, and then you know I I'll, get a hive. You come over three and then years. You, then I'll you, have a hive, and then you, you won't take the hive. Then home. you won't you won't care about it. Yeah, uh, I'm open to that. I, I I feel like beekeeping is the kind of thing I'm going to do in my old old age. You know, like if that's in the meantime, we need to surf. But what if there was a surfboard that had bees in it? Like you know, there's a if you walk up to a hive like we did at Bills, and I'm I'm spitballing here. I can tell you can. There's there's a there's a resonance to it. There's a I mean he you know Clyde talks about dropping a mic in there and what he experienced when he like listened to it on headphones. What if that was in a paddle board? You mean there's a hive inside the board? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's a problem when you get in the water. I don't think the bees would be excited about it's, that. It's uh, it's breathable from the top. Don't let. Well, how do they get in and out of don't, it? Don't, don't, don't lick the stripes off my candy cane, man. Listen, I personally, I still. Can don't, you imagine being on? I mean, people do yoga on paddle boards. It sounds like more like an art project, honestly. It doesn't sound like a sport. It sounds like maybe something you'd you'd put in you'd put up in the backyard. It's like. I don't I've, need you for this. I've got I've got a surfboard that I've hollowed out and I put beehives in I there. And, I don't need and, your buy-in. Pe people love it. I'm not selling you one. It may, it, I'm doing it. And honestly, it kind of me and me and Clyde are doing it. It sounds like a like a high school art project. He's already in. It doesn't even sound like something that would be accepted at the Modern Art Museum. He's, I'm texting him. He's texting me now. I just felt my. I just felt a vibration. I saw his phone. I don't think he texted. <laughs> and he's saying. I've got the boards. I've got the bees. Clyde literally had. I've got the time. A landline telephone in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's not text. But don't you want him to That's be your not, granddad? I do. But the, did well, you sense that there was space in his life for I, a, for a grandchild? He seems really peaceful. A man child. He seems very peaceful. I, I think anybody who is in touch with nature in that way, maybe that's what you're getting at. The resonance of nature. I mean, sometimes the only thing we, the closest we get to. Nature is is the wood wooden tables that we do shows on. Flushing a toilet, you know, man, that can be a, little, a natural experience. It's like a it's like a whitewater rafting experience. Well, good luck with your art project with Clyde. We had a great conversation with him. It's not an art project, um, but we also want to let you know. Now you could look up a recipe on the internet, and then go to the grocery store. Try to get all the ingredients, mm -hmm. bring it back home, and do your best to recreate it. Or you can use Blue Apron. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals mm. like Parmesan-crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli. What? Or broccoli, yeah. depending on if you're right or wrong and how you say broccoli. It's easy, each meal comes with a step-by-step Easy to follow recipe card and the exact amount of each ingredient to be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash ear. You're gonna love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash ear. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. You know, as we have assembled the Mythical crew here to work with us on everything that we're doing at Mythical Entertainment, we have become convinced how important it is to have qualified people working with you mm -hmm. and for you, but it's not always easy to find qualified people. 
Right, and posting your job in one place is not enough to find quality candidates. If you wanna find the perfect hire, you gotta post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 200 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch a qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. And right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash ear. One more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash ear. I am ready to get into some B conversation Create some space in your life for Clyde and oh, us. Yeah. It's gonna be amazing. It, it might save your life and it might save the world. Here it is. Yeah, so you were nice. showing them pictures of you sitting there beginning and during the time you were getting the bees on you and he's standing back here going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mutilate him, mutilate him. <laughs> I was actually curious, well, you know that they work here, so they're, quali- they're, they're, they're required to watch all of our videos. Well, kinda. The one young lady said she hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. we're adding, we, we add people to the right. mythical crew, and I'm joking, we don't make them watch everything. That would be like thousands of that videos. Would, they'd still Why be watching. Not? But that's the one I should There's make them watch, many. because that's the one where I seem like a rock star. Yeah, and that doesn't happen many times. Well, I told him the, you don't see it on film and everything because you got it back here and you cut and put things together. But I said uh, one of the memorable points was he's sitting there and the bees are going on him, and I says, you know, he loves to uh, chat a little bit, and he's going, well, I, I says, and I remember him stating so clearly, tell me a story. Take me to a happy place. <laughs> I said I was waiting for him to spring from the chair and run away, but he didn't. He stuck it out. But I said that was so memorable. Well, you told me not to run because then I would have been, yeah, like ripped to shreds by these bees potentially. <laughs> yeah, that's when you oh, that's well, when you make them aggressive, right? Uh, yeah, but but that filmed great. I mean, bees devouring. Yeah, that would have gotten that would have gotten more views. Yeah, if I it would have killed. It me. was pretty epic though, and it was also one of the best twenty-minute sessions of my life because Link was completely quiet for the entire. Yeah, I couldn't talk process because they were. <laughs> you know, that's the, what, that's the what bees were trying. They were to, literally trying to get into your mouth. Yeah, they yeah. were. I could feel their little fingers trying to pry my lips. I don't apart. think they're fingers. Are they fingers? Do they yeah, have fingers? Legs, fingers. Yeah, there's. What's on the know. end of the leg? Actually, you can't see it with the naked eye, but there's actually little spurs on there. I know, I but right. I could feel you it. Could, you call could, those bee yeah. fingers. Yeah. It, the, the bee fingers felt like little spurs, and they were prying my lips apart to get inside of yeah. my head. Yeah, yeah. For uh, the moisture or something, right? Well, that, and it's just a natural thing for them. Uh, they f- see a opening, and they want to investigate it. They're curious. That's why you had the nose plugs on yeah. as well. Yeah, we had your ears plugged. And my ears, ears were plugged. Yeah. Every orifice yeah. is, 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 Above is, the waist. is inviting. <laughs> well, yeah, I had, <laughs> that's why I kept, I kept you, my pants on. No, you had your belt cinched really tight. <laughs> um, have, you, have you done the bee beard before? Was that? Yeah, we've done them before. Uh, we did. There was a short-lived TV show on it. No, but have you put it on yourself? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on a t- on a short-lived television show. Yeah, they had this dating program, a boy meets girl, and you were the boy. <laughs> it would have been nice, but this was. Oh shoot, we have a young lady here. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this and, was and plenty uh, of them listening. But well, this is one typical silly girl that was silly, silly, and she was uh, silly, silly. Oh, sh- she just made so many. S- she acted more like a 14-year-old that right. was uh, going on her first date or something. Okay. But, but but you were not a contestant on a dating show. The dating show came to, to get bees from you to put on a to put on a, in a date? Yeah, well, the boy and girl were were dating. He was a beekeeper. Was it that naked dating show? You know that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dating naked. That's a freaking show. Naked and dating? It, yeah, it's like it's it, they're they're not even afraid. It's not even naked and afraid. It's just naked dating. I think it, I think afraid is implied. Well, I think I would be afraid too if yeah. I saw people look better with clothes on. 
Mm, well, it depends on who they are. Uh, okay. <laughs> of course, man. Okay, Some so people. you just applied the the bees. Yeah, we just applied the bees. and uh, To a fully clothed woman who acted like a child. Yeah, well, you have done it. About halfway through it, she sits there and tells the director, the producers, and everybody, and we're standing there, and she goes, I have to go to the bathroom. Well, that's not a possibility. I said, I looked right directly at her, and I says, you've got to be joking. She goes, no, I've got to go to the bathroom. I says, tinkle in your pants. <laughs> I says, we can't stop. <laughs> yeah. She goes, oh, you must, you must. I says, they cooperated. You, you raked all the bees off of her? Oh, and we, yeah. You were giving her a bee beard on a date. I still it, don't understand. Well, he was premise was he was a beekeeper, and he brought her out to the bee yards to show him what he does every day and everything okay. like this. And that was how he was going to show her, which yeah. is stupid. Well, That's not how you get a second date. Let but, me slather your face with 10,000 <laughs> bees, and, and I don't even tell you to tinkle first. Yeah. Uh, we, well, it was all explained to her before the cameras started rolling. But uh, I pee before everything that we do, <laughs> multiple times. I just peed. Well, like when we were on Fallon, I mean, uh, there's like a nervous pee that happens. Yeah. You went more than me this time. <laughs> oh, like I, five did, I did times? three or four nervous pees. Yeah. Three or four. You get, your body naturally evacuates everything. Right? It's like a fight or flight thing. Just yeah. get everything out so you can be light, you can be spry, you never know what's going to happen. And you yeah. don't want to wet it, yourself on on, 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 a, on, a, on date. a dating show. Yeah. Well, or yeah, on television. As long as it's filmed for above the waist, you don't have to worry about it. See, that's, I mean, That's you know, why we sit behind a desk. <laughs> but I we're was, constantly urinating. We're like NASCAR drivers. We just urinate whenever it hits us. You, do, you know about, do you know about the NASCAR drivers thing? They have like a, it's like an external catheter thing. Yeah. That goes to the bottom of the. Yeah, they have a drawer. And it goes right a out. A drawer? Yeah. It can, well, it, the one that we saw was an external catheter that went down, which is basically like the thing that I wore on the show, uh, the pee bag thing. We tested a product where mm-hmm. it was for like when you're at the stadium and you don't want to get up and go to the bathroom and you have a literal like bag on your leg. Stadium pal or something? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I had such a difficult time relaxing. Yeah. And, and like while just sitting there next to people and doing that. But NASCAR drivers, those guys that do the uh, Baja 500, they do it, but it comes out a little tube and just goes through a hole in the floor of the car. Well, yeah, yeah. No, no, well, that's the part. That's the part. See, with everything he says, there's a part. No, no, no. You where you got to be like, made up part? that's the made up part. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, th- it's like an oil slick for the for Earnhardt Jr. trailing you. Yeah, it's like, it's a, like, ba- it's like a Batman <laughs> tactic. <laughs> Yeah. And my urine is very slick for weaponized purposes. Look at 200 yards ahead for the wet spots. That's where we go. <laughs> you know. It's a trail. That's but a trail. you can weaponize bees. Yeah. Right? Uh, yes. You, you, know, like you a, know how to do it? I don't even know what that means. I've heard of like weaponized bees, but I don't. I, is that like you strap missiles on a bee? No. I don't know no. what it is. Okay. Uh, here about uh, 10 years ago in that neighborhood. Uh, a very intelligent gentleman uh, out of the University of Montana and some other places uh, developed a process of training bees. So you train the bees like a dog, like a horse or anything like this, but they trained them to the scent of gunpowder. And they would put gunpowder. Train them to do what to the scent of gunpowder? They would follow gunpowder. They would go to it. Like, they would go to it. Like tracking a, like like, a dog tracking a scent. Correct. So they will track that gunpowder. It takes quite a long time, and, uh, and you add a little bit more and more until they start doing it. Then you take it out in a field, and you put gunpowder down on the ground or something like that. You release the bees, and they will fly around. And they, instead of going to the flower, they go to the gunpowder. So why? Okay. And... And what's happen. the application they, of that? They okay, now the fellows are setting over <laughs> They light there. it. Yeah, now the fellows no. are setting in wartime, and they're in Afghanistan and all around. And they got these landmines up and down the roads and all around like that. So they've taken these bees, and now they release them. They fly down the road, and they will hover over these landmines. Landmines. Be- so they're uh, so, these— So like a—okay. So, so like the there's guns. There's, so the— uh, I n- Gunpowder and a landmine are the yeah. same type of stuff. So, same type of stuff. And they pick up the scent. And so you're driving down there, and you're, oh, Looking we for have swarm. one in the middle of the road. We have one over here, one over there. 
put the brakes on, stop, get back. People can go up, take care of that situation, or drive around it. We're looking for bees to make honey, and we're delicious. They're beneficial to the military uh, awesome. on that. Do you know how they're training them specifically? Yeah. Like, how, do you, what are, how do you get what them what to like gunpowder? Yeah, how do you get them to like gunpowder or be attracted to it? Do you know? You put it. Oh, well, let me guess. I'd say you put it in a you put it in a flower. You you get like a little flower. Very a much that flower. You, you, from what Am I've I understood, right? you start off with honey itself, a little drop of honey. You add a like peppering the honey with a little gunpowder, like, like a little salt bay. Yeah, a little salt bay, and you. You, you know about Salt Bay? <laughs> you know who this, you know who he is? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you turn yeah, around no. and you. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> Let me tell you who he is. If you don't know who he is, who is he? I don't. Some some dude. He's a in, Turkish butcher, and he and he's he, famous for putting salt on things. No, he cuts meat. He's a butcher that like is a performance artist on the internet. He sprinkles the salt, and, and then at the it, end, it hits he his like, elbow and goes all over the meat. <laughs> oh, he's a Julia Childs. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like uh, he's like uh, the meat. Mo- he's the modern day yeah. Julia Childs of meat. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, see, so you didn't know who he was. <laughs> yeah, that was your thing. But it's oh, always I, best I, to say I, you do. I'm not much in Turkish meat. <laughs> <laughs> turkey comes at Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. Uh, but you know, turkey uh, meat. my the, wife puts turkey meat in in the meatballs, and I've eaten it. And then I'm like, well, you know, there's turkey in there. It's like, well, thanks for telling me. Oh, it, she tells you? I just afterward. Yeah. Well, it could be worse. I didn't mean to derail us. But you did a little bit. Um, they they put There's a little honey. Sprinkle it in there. They add uh, honey, gunpowder, and then they just continue. Gunpowder and honey. Yeah. yeah. The bees will naturally go to the honey. Fantastic. Now. Why why do the bees go to the honey? I thought they made the honey, but well, why are they also attracted to honey? Because I thought they were attracted to pollen. They are attracted to pollen. They are attracted to the Good nectar question. that's in the flowers that uh, they want to go to, but. The bee has never learned to not make honey. She will go to anything sweet, just like she, you know, she'll go to you guys. We talking about the queen? Uh, yeah. They go to the queen too. They go to the queen. They'll go to uh, pop cans, soda cans, okay, because they're sweet. So yes. they they put they know if they put honey there, the bee is going to come there, put the powder uh, gunpowder with it, and they come there. But what does a bee do when? It and encounters hoodie honey. If I like, just took honey and just hoodies, uh, not yeah. a hoodie. They don't care about hoodies, man. But if you just put honey on like a bench, yeah, all of a sudden you're gonna have bees all over it. You can. You're set out there. Well, what are they uh, thinking? Or, or they, a soft drink? Are man. they They're like, ah, oh, this is what we need to use to make what we need? It is the thing that we need to use to make the right, thing that we right. have. They, you know, they go you know to I mean? they go to the easiest source. So you have it sitting here on the bench, a tray or whatever, and there's honey there. Why should I drive? Five miles to get a little bit when I only have to go a couple hundred right, yards. Because they're just making honey to feed all the all the people. Yeah. Yeah. So or they fly bees, over there. Bees, they they pick that honey up just like they would pick the uh, pick up the nectar, and they come buzzing back to the hive, and they go back over again. And they again. don't discriminate. It's not like ah, we didn't make this. They don't care as long as it's sweet. And then how do you get the the bees back into the into the hive after they spotted something? The bees will collect themselves when the sun goes down. So you just leave them where they're at. Really? But if you remove the the mine, they're just, not going to gather around that anymore. Just leave the bee. Uh, uh, leave a collection box there, with what they're familiar with, gunpowder. They when it gets dark, they all collect right back into that. You box. could be making all this up, and we wouldn't know. Don't tell him that. No. That's like opening no. a door. Um, no. Somebody's going to hear this. So, and they'll go, yeah. he's lying. Well, okay. No, and, and, and here's the interesting thing is, you're right. is, uh, is I know this from uh, Bill explained this to us that you guys have also been used as like consultants on freaking movies. Yeah. Weren't you used as consultants on the B movie itself? Yeah, with Mr. Seinfeld. Uh, that yeah, was, this is, I'm not making this up. They, nah. were cons- B, they needed B consultants for the B movie, How and you were the guys. Go? Yeah. Did it they, go well? It went fantastic. Uh, it uh, was, was like Jer asking you questions. No, uh, we were Elaine worked di- was she there? No, we we These worked are characters. Yeah, uh, that's also his real name, though. Yeah, we directly worked with uh, the sound men, cameramen, and people like this were 
uh, I was super in, intrigued when the sound man came out and uh, he sat there and or stood there, I should say, and he puts mics inside the hive. We know that the bees make different sounds at different times of the day. We know they make different sounds at different levels in the hive. And this was one of those very few times in my life I'll ever again, I was able to put a headset on and listen as he recorded the sounds of those bees at different levels. It's just overwhelmingly exciting. That was the best thing, the best sound you've ever experienced? Uh, one of them, one of them. <laughs> well, you had to think there for What's a second. What's another one? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when my wife said, yeah, I'll marry you. Okay, uh, that's, that's sweet. That's Great a sweet answer. one. And, uh, from the honey man. Yeah, and uh, She's not th listening. this last year that we, she said, yeah, it's been good after 50 years. Uh, we'll, we'll, I think we'll make it a little bit longer. 50 years, man. Yeah, so, yeah. There, there, there's a milestone. <laughs> You're bringing home the honey. Yeah, well, you... She likes you that. bring honey for your honey, and you'll yeah. be happy, happy, happy. She likes that. Honey. Yeah, yeah. Clyde's honey. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you I'm, know what? No, just th why don't you just weird. think those things? Trying to make it weird. Uh, but wasn't there like some major detail? Uh, I think I remember Bill telling me this. There was some like major choice that they made. Yeah, Bill was like frustrated about something. That, oh. that was like wrong. That it, was, like, wrong. Uh, like one of the characters was a female, and it was actually or a male. Oh, yeah, and it was, it, it, they. We give him the 101 class teachings about bees, and when the final episodes are all colored up and put together, they got drones flying out there, and the world becomes blossoming again, and honey is being made, and it's happy, happy time again. It was great and accurate. Drones don't do anything. They don't make any honey. They don't do any. They just walk around and eat, and the worker bee, the lady bee, does all the work. Mm. According to them, mom just sat in the house and made supper and knit it and took mm -hmm. care of the kids. Well, a point, yes, but when all those drones line up like soldiers and reevaluate the whole earth in colors and everything, mm -hmm. it was, I sat there and I went, no. That's the exact that's the opposite of what happened. Opposite. So you're saying it was Because Seinfeld's character, who was a drone because he was a dude, he, sh he should have just sat there and ate the whole movie. And, and that would have been accurate. And it probably would have been a better movie. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, and he should have been looking like, wow, where is there a beautiful young lady around here that I can mate with? I'm looking for them. That's all they're good for. Right. Mating. Well, right. that could have been a different kind of movie. Let's be honest. Maybe we should call Seinfeld. Let's you got his number? Uh, 1-800-something-something. Something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, he, I think you si he gave you the dummy number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't but, think that's uh, it. But, you know, uh, you, you can say Seinfeld's it isn't accurate, number. <laughs> but it worked out very well. We made money from it. Uh, yeah, well, that's they what, did, that's, I should yeah, say. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got paid something. I mean, there's got to be some money in, some, in, in B consulting. Don't answer that. That's um, a, thank don't you. tell us how much money you make because then we have to tell them how they, much money we make. Yeah, right. well, it's not uh, fair. Uh, they were very reasonable. Okay. Very okay. Tell us if you want to tell us. No, don't tell us. Cheap. Uh, <laughs> were you stung today? Yeah, there was uh, three or four times this morning. Re yeah. <laughs> really? Uh, I uh, got out of the truck to put my bee suit on, and before I knew it, I had a tap in the back of my neck and a couple on my hand, and I says, thanks, ladies. You you welcome me here today. I, so, I, mean, I appreciate what's that. What's the average? What's the average on a day? Uh, there's days I've worked and not had a sting. There's days that I've worked and had a dozen. Uh, but I seem to rem remember you hanging around with no bee suit on. Of yeah. course, I had a, a beard full of them. Yeah, and I and I was not protected while you were doing that. But I also will say we something we learned when we were there is that that particular hive was at a certain stage where they were like the least aggressive that bees can get. It, the bee beard bees are not your typical bee. Yes, we we selected we yeah, hand selected yeah. uh, those out. Uh, but because uh, different, well, you selected a different, like a, a a certain hive that was very gentle, very mellow. It was you a, know the personalities a, of a hive. Yeah. Uh, you ever had any nasty run-ins with a nasty personality hive? Oh yeah. T yeah. Tell me, tell me a horror story. Well, well a couple of years ago, we uh, 
were working uh, the hives, and uh, I knew this one hive was uh, fairly aggressive, mean. It was, we referred to it, it was an Africanized hive, we knew that. And I wanted to find the queen, destroy the queen, and- Destroy the queen. Killer. This is like a movie, man. So this briefly- like Narnia. But Africanized, like, give, tell us what that means, what means right quick. Uh, okay. from Africa. Uh, they're from- uh, fr Yep, they're from Africa. We had some- Or they've interbred with African bees, and it's a new thing. It's a new thing, okay. yeah. I mean, you know, they're we not had, African bees, they're Africanized. Yeah, right. Africanized. We had some people that were geniuses, so they got bees from Africa, took them to Brazil, and they're going to make the super bee. Not the super beetle, but the super bee. Okay. Uh, they ran out of funding. They said, okay. And they Let them packed go. their clothes and they left. So they left everything set there. Well, including the bees, the bees. Including the bees. The bees are fairly aggressive already. How long ago was this? Uh, 20 years back, at least. What would a super bee have been? That was the question. Nobody knows. They, but they got mean in no, Brazil. They got mean. They, they migrated. They crossbred with the bees in Brazil and everything. And then they started traveling. And they just traveled from Brazil right up Central America, right up into the United States. And they're here and in what California. Would they, what would they do? Like, well, I mean, what are their, what's their MO? Like, what makes them so mean? Well, like, are we talking like wedgies? Uh, like you, uh, well, you indiscriminate could, yeah. wedgies? Yeah, they could, they could get that bad. Uh, they they could kill they, people though. Yes, too That's many. Why they call them uh, killer bees, man. I'm just remember the 80s. Yeah, uh, a lot of documentation where animals people have died from it. Uh, like how yeah. big of an animal? A horse? Yes. Uh, so three years ago, we lost two horses down in Temecula. So so they're uh, not any, three years ago. Yeah. So, so, so they're, they're not any here. more ven venomous. Oh yes. Uh, they are more venomous. There are. They're, okay. they're, they're venomous so a little stronger. Yeah. So, but, and, and, but the main thing is they're more aggressive and easily agitated or like what? Is it something? Very easily agitated. Uh, you can uh, walk by them, uh, knock on the, uh, the hive box, the tree or the building they're in, and they will come. They come by the thousands. And they follow you. They for follow For how long? Uh, they can go with you up to a half a mile. In order to attack you. Attack you. They attack. Attack you, attack animal. T attack. I have literally, it, I wish I had taken pictures of it. I was using a motorized weed eater cutting weeds. Uh, the grass and things hit a Africanized hive. In the ground? They were in a tree. I didn't know it. You weed eating a tree? Yeah. Well, I if mean, you do it for long enough, it'll come down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like Paul Bunyan. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I realized it. I left the motor running and laid it down on the ground, and they hovered over it, literally hitting the manifold and frying themselves. Ooh. But they, they are that aggressive. They didn't care. You, that was genius. You left a decoy, like a yeah, what's excellent. it called? Like a red herring or not yeah. a red herring? It was a decoy. A decoy, um, yeah. You were right but I mean, the first time. Yeah, I mean, you know, you go a diversion. Uh, it diversion, was a diversion, yeah. so you could run away. And they all attacked your weed eater? Yeah. I mean, it was it, you stood there and you just went like, you're committing suicide. But they didn't care. That noise, a lawnmower and things like that, a tractor driving by a car, can set them off. It made them so mad. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, but, but you so had, back you had to a run-in. So what, what, what happened with the hive? Well, I went in that hive. And so... And you were... Was this like you were being... Uh, th this was an Africanized hive that was had gotten into... Like one of my hives, on? one of my normal hives. Oh, wow. oh, it took it over. It took it over, correctly. Well, I had a full bee suit on and everything and my gloves. So I'm working and I'm working and I'm working on it and I'm getting stung. I mean, uh, through the suit? Yes. You know, it's one of the cute things in life is uh, when you buy a bee suit, you open it up and you say, oh, I have a nice new suit here. But they give you a little piece of paper on it and it says, this suit will not protect you from stings. And <laughs> I always go, then why did I buy it? You know, I but, don't remember being told that as I was putting on the beast <laughs> yeah, earlier I, I in that episode. I feeling totally safe. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, some things you don't need to know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I was working there, and I was getting stung. I got in, getting stung and getting stung, and I walked over to Bill, my partner, and I said, Uncle, I quit. Get me out of here. I, I'm done. I can't. He goes, what's wrong? I says, man, he goes, oh, my God. At this point in time, I'm hot. Uh, you've had a sunburn, 
that's the hot I had. Yeah. I was blistering hot, and I was wringing my hands because they burned through the gloves. He took me down the hill from where we was working, took me over to the Verdugo Hospital. At that time, we were in the parking lot. I take my bee suit off. I'm in my T-shirt and shorts like I normally are. Mm-hmm. I'm beet red. Everywhere. Ta- everywhere. And you're burning. Burning. Are you another pain? Not pain, just hot. You know, uh, how, how many stings do you think you'd experienced at this point? Well, at, when I finished up with all this, they, Bill and the, fel- and the doctors out there, they counted over 350 stings in, on one arm. Oh, <laughs> on one arm. On one arm. And I had them on arms, backs, and so they, chest and everything. So y- you strip down to just your shorts and shirt in the parking lot, and then you stroll in there, and you're like, I'm, I'm like a beat yeah, I, in the emergency room. Yeah. And the young lady says, I said, I've been bee stung. I need to see a doctor. And not just once. And you didn't have she to said, very well. You know, you didn't have to give him any paperwork. Gentleman walked out, and he said, follow me. I pulled the big lotto numbers because I walked to the next door, and the doctor's standing there. He had just come back from Central America after six months studying of what African bees and the bee stings will do to the human body. Mm-hmm. And he looked over at me. He says, you've been bee stung, my God. He says, 250 milligrams of this, 250 milligrams of steroids. And I goes, my wife's going to be happy. He goes, no, it's not that. <laughs> Within, But you're not going to bulk up. Yeah, no, I was praying. So uh, they hang bottles. They stick you with these things and tap you with that and... I jokingly to him, I says, oh, you're bringing in the microwave to serve lunch? He goes, and the nurse says, oh, no, that's a cardiac resuscitation. I goes, oh, well, we don't need that. At this point in time, I said, uh, gee whiz, I feel tired. I'm so sleepy. She says, you've had 300 milligrams of uh, some sleeping thing. And I said, oh, okay. I went to sleep. Occasionally, they would wake me up. About 10 hours later, I'm waking up. I'm thirsty. I'm ready to go. I'm cl- my body is cleared out and everything, and they go through the rigor of telling me how things went. And they said, it was this way, that way. We gave you a shot of this, and you know, your blood pressure started to come down, and this started to happen. And I says, well, fantastic. The doctor says, whatever you do, continue it. I goes, well, I hope to. He goes, no. He says, I've seen men, women, children, 30 years younger than you, your age, and they came in. Within minutes, they were dead. Whoa. I never realized it was that serious. I goes, you're kidding. He goes, you've had uh, bee venom within your body. It must be pretty decent. We cannot explain the exact why. But he says, yeah. You got a guardian angel, and he says, keep him happy because he's keeping you happy. And uh, I put my shoes on, and I left that day. And the, my biggest and fear— you never, And you never had anything to do with bees again. <laughs> <laughs> that right? Was, no, that was my fear, that I would become highly allergic to it because right. that's that, what I'll, happens. Th- so that, okay, that is what happened. Is it, it isn't like you get some sort of immunity to it if you get a lot of venom. You actually become more susceptible. To more it. susceptible. Many beekeepers have worked for many years, and they t- use Benadryl and things like this to help, but uh, they've become highly sensitive, and they had to quit the industry uh, because of the, that. Hmm. So we waited a couple, two or three days. Uh, I went down. Bill and I took some bees, stung me a half a dozen times. We stood there for— You conducted a test? Yeah, we had to find out what was going on. Right. And you got to know if you can keep your job. Yeah. and You're, you're, uh, like, a, you're like a flatliner, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there was no science to it. Just get stung Say by bees. Say again. You know, if it, okay, if, it, if you keel over, I'll put you in the truck, take you to the hospital again. But uh, nothing happened, and we looked at each other. I said, I'll get my bee suit. Let's go to work. And that's been it. <laughs> really? And what's the worst incident since then? Worst incident since then? Oh, gosh, we've had numerous funnies, excitement things, uh, dumping bees on the ground at, at 2 o'clock in the morning and then trying to set them up when you got all 300,000 bees flying well, all just, around you. They don't just spill on the ground like— 
like um, you know like well bill was cereal. Picking, yeah bill was picking up a pallet that had four hives on it and he turned and all four hives fall on the ground and he turns to me and says stack them up i'll get the rest of them and now you have bees running up your pant legs and all over you no bee suit in this situation well, I had a bee suit on, but they weren't a happy bunch of ladies gotcha. that got dumped on the ground gotcha. from 20 feet in the air. If so, you set everything back up, they just come back together? Or yeah, they came back together. You got to use a broom? Or? Uh, no, I just used my hands, picked them up, and put them in their different boxes and prayed that everything would work out. Uh, we delivered some bees here last summer up uh, in the uh, uh, high desert up to the alfalfa fields. So you're, deliver and you're, you're delivering these bees in For order to... We had two processes there. One was to uh, make alfalfa honey and also do uh, pollination for the Right, because all the, the, farmers, the farmers use the bees. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's late at night, after midnight, something like that. And we hadn't told the farmer that we were coming in, but we had been doing this for eight, nine years at his place. We pull in, get out of the truck, and his truck comes flying up there real fast, jumps out of this thing. He pulls out a gun, and I went, whoa, whoa, hey, what's going on? What's going on? He goes, oh, I thought someone was trying to steal my hay. Well, he had a problem with that, and we didn't know it. Ooh. And I'm standing there. Well, at 1 o'clock in the morning, you stand there, and headlights are in your face, and a man's got a gun pointing at you. You pop tinkle in your britches. I was about to say, did you? Because I've always thought, I've never had a gun pointed at me. But I, I just, yeah, me neither. You know, you see the the movies, and there's the the one guy that gets the gun pointed at him, and then he he pees himself. And I was like, I yeah. wouldn't be that guy, but yeah. I think I might be that guy. You know, uh, fortunately, I wasn't that guy. I kept going. Uh, blah, 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 I'm going. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. And he goes, Oh yeah. I went, Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and he relaxed, and I stood there, and I looked over to my partner Bill, and he goes, I says, Huh? He goes. Yeah, right. I mean, we <laughs> we had about twelve octave higher in voice, and I said, "That's enough of this." But it was uh, that had, guardian angel. Yeah, yeah so you, you keep you keep having brushes with death, man. Yeah, well, well I mean, you know, eventually it's going to happen. But I'm kind of prolonging it right now. I'm just stretching it out a little longer. I hope, anyway. Now these these I don't think you're at risk these, to here tonight. These Africanized bees. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit more because. I was um, I was actually hiking just like in, in a trail in the Verdugo Mountains, and and I was I start I get a little bit worried sometimes, especially when I'm with my kids. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, and, and, and we meet somebody on the trail, and there's like about a mile up, we think we we think we heard a rattlesnake, so be careful. Oh, so you're yeah. thinking about rattlesnakes, and then I'm thinking about. Well, hey, you know, I know there's the ticks have Lyme disease around here now. That's something that's starting to happen. Mm. Like, so check yourself for ticks, and then I and then I'm start like, and maybe there, you know, we might run into some killer bees out here, some African Africanized bees. You were you were thinking about that? I was. Yeah. I think I, I I worry about. Well, these I'm things. going to Especially now. Yeah. I've got people that I'm responsible for, like well, my, yeah. my eight year old son. So. Is, is there could it just be like a hive just out in the mountains and on a trail somewhere? Like, are they everywhere now? Everywhere, uh, from Texas, Southern California border, far north is Fresno. Yeah, uh, the last reports and you, are. And you, and if you see a beehive in a tree, you don't know. Could, could you look at the hive and know immediately which which one it was? No. There's no, no so it's 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 the behavior of the bees. That the behavior of the bees is their first indication. Their second indication, if you want to take the time, and I don't know of anybody that has, you can catch a handful of them, and check the measurements of them. Yeah, I, I'm, they're a little, I'll do that. They're, they're smaller and darker in color. I, I doubt I'm going to have yeah. time to do that. Either. That's me too. I uh, but, but, okay. split. I, I'm going to be really vulnerable with you here because it, we, <clears throat> Shepard and I started having this conversation. It was my eight-year-old son, Shepard, and I, and our dog, Barbara. Okay. And uh, he was Barbara? like- Barbara? Barbara, yeah. She's named after Barbara Mandrell. And my, uh, my son oh. was like, Dad, what are we going to do if we run into one of these hives of killer bees? And I was like, well, the thing is, is they will follow you. And I, I told him, I said, I think they'll follow you for like up to a mile. So I was a little bit off on my math. That's okay. And uh, I said, so, but the thing is, is we have to run because you can't just stay there because we gotta run. And I, I, I read in that worst case scenario handbook that you can't just go and like get underwater because they'll just stay un above the water until you come back out and keep stinging you. So 
Really? So then Shepard and I yeah. started talking about like, at what point would we leave the dog behind? You know, because when it comes to, to me and my son and Barbara, I mean, I'm sorry, I love Barbara to death, but if somebody's gotta go, it's gonna be the dog. But I, but I said- Barbara's a lot lighter than Shepard. But I told Shepard, <laughs> I was like, Shepard, it would have to be, I would have to know that you were in mortal danger before I would leave the dog behind. Like it would be, a, it would seriously be like a moral equation where I was like, yeah, I have you, to lose the kid or the dog, I'm gonna give the dog up. Well, as you're running down across there, your son's gonna pass you up because you're gonna be reaching for the dog and he's gonna say, bye dad, I'm gone, and he splits. You know. But is that what we're supposed to do, just run like crazy? You cannot. It's not uh, like a black bear when you just get real big and go, <laughs> and, they, yeah. and they run but away from you. 90, 95% of us aren't in any kind of physical shape to run a mile yeah, and any, at true. any speed. Uh, we could jog maybe a mile, but to go mm, full blast out and run, and me. yeah, to run full out uh, for a half mile or a mile, uh, we probably get about two hundred yards, and then we're on our knees panting like Hootie. So uh, yeah, like Hootie, yeah, like Hootie, yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, I mean, you're and you're done, but no. Uh, but how does Hootie pant? You're talking about Darius. I, I've Rucker? never heard of. I've never heard the saying. You haven't? No. Oh, I've used this for years. Panting and like you, Hootie? Panting like Hootie. You know about Darius Rucker, though, right? He's yeah. He's country now. Yeah, yeah. N don't say yeah if you don't know, though. Well, I listen to the music. Okay. I don't he know. He does know. I, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. is that who you're talking about? When you say Hootie. Well, I, it's, it, it, it's a very polite way for me to not use any other language that's offensive. Oh, uh, Thank you. Uh, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. So I always... I add hootie to something where somebody would say, mm hmm. Yeah, and, it. okay. I, 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 I like well, that. Thank you. I'm uh, going to start doing that. I haven't thought about know. Darius Rucker in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it works real well. Uh, I get okay, the. Okay, so you're pant, yeah, yeah, you'd be panting like hootie, cause, and uh, they're stinging you because you're not far enough away. Yeah. The so, what, so what do we do? You, 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 you stay away. You just, if you look up there in the tree, late. you see bees flying around. Take another avenue of hiking. So, so you're saying that as long as you don't do something to directly agitate them, it's unlikely that you will have a problem. If you don't agitate the wife, everything is happy, happy. Okay. If you come in there and you agitate, you know, it could be a whole week before it calms down. Okay. 50 years, man. All right. 50 it. years <laughs> of <laughs> wisdom speaking right there. And, uh, well, uh, practical knowledge. Either that or just carry a, a running weed eater with you at all times <laughs> so you as a diversion. You shouldn't do what we did as kids, which we would find oh, a yeah? hive and we would oh, yeah. throw a stick at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there and was then, a, And then run. Yeah. Across the Cape Fear River. Yeah. Um, Hornet's nest. And then up. It, yeah, it wasn't bees. It was... It, I guess Wasp. we knew because we could see him. It was a it was, it a, was a hornet's nest. It was nest. A, like yeah. one of those big, big paper hornets, and it was in the hornet. crack. Yeah. Of it. it was in the, a hole yeah. in the tree, and I took a stick and threw it, and it wedged right <laughs> in there. But what you would do is like we were like all ready, so it's like we would creep up, and, and you know it was like there was like uh, probably thirty minutes of planning, and then it's like there's a countdown, a little overkill though, you know. And then it's yeah. like all right, here we go, and then one, two. Three, bah. and then you throw it, and then we ran. We bolted. Yeah. Nobody got stung. No, we, we didn't. Mean you, me, you, and Ben. Hornets are mean, and the sting hurts worse. But you did the one, two, three. You you lost all the thrill. You should have just stuck around for another five minutes. <laughs> and you go well, four, ah. five, and six. Yeah, and say ah, and then go home. And tell mom, dad, look at me. I'm dippled all over from stings. You know, <laughs> help. You know, you know, calamine lotion all over my body. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Um, yeah, now, man. you like the Honey Nut Cheerios? Yeah, yeah. They're do you? Th I but mean, just because they got a B on the box, you, you're going to talk about Honey Nut Cheerios? Do you eat them? Like you eat them every day? No, no. You got them on the shelf at any given time? Yeah, they're they're there. A uh, uh, couple times a week, maybe. Couple yeah. times a week. Do you now? Do you think if you weren't a B man, you you'd eat them? Oh yeah. They're, well, I like them. They're just good. I mean, they're, that's it. I like it. I, they're so good. they came first. Yeah. They came before the job. So they're doing this thing now. They don't have the bees gone. The bees not on the packaging because they're trying to tell people about all the bees that are disappearing. Right. Uh huh. Well, what's there if there's what, not what, a bee there? It's a it's space. Just a space. It's, it's a white space where Buzz. I didn't even know this. I didn't know his name was Buzz. Did you know the bee's name was Buzz? Yeah. Was yeah, buzzing. because we almost did a. We almost had them as a sponsor, but they wanted us to do like a rap 
with a Cheerios wrap, and we, we weren't in a position to do that. Hold on, wasn't like Ludacris involved in this? <sighs> no, it was um, N- Nelly. Nelly yeah, made cause a, Nelly had a uh, Cheerios wrap. <laughs> Nelly had a Cheerios wrap, yeah. Why didn't you know, we, Nelly. Why didn't we do that? Oh, I could, I could, we could I, have I, collabed I, with Nelly. Yeah. So they're doing this Still thing. Still love Cheerios though. So th- they don't have Buzz on there because of the, the plight of the honeybees and they're doing this thing where if you sign up, and the, we, we didn't do the sponsorship deal with them. I'm just I'm just saying this, I know about And we're this. not currently doing it. And it's still not sponsored by them. Uh, Neither am I. They'll send you wildflower <laughs> seeds because they want right. to plant like a million whatever wildflowers, yeah. or 100 million, something crazy like that. Uh, so I'm sure you, you're studied up on this bee problem. Like what, what's, what's happening? Well, it's affecting every bee and beekeeper throughout the United States. We're minimum, we're losing 35% of our hives every year. Some areas of the United States are a little higher than that. Uh, just, the bees just die? They're dead, gone. Uh, we as uh, progressive people, uh, we have learned how to use insecticides and sprays and the EPA has re-identified things that killed, now they don't kill. Where they would kill insects and things like this, they re-identified them this past year and said, no, they won't do any harm. Well, that's correct. It doesn't kill the adult bee, but the spray they use, then the bees bring in the pollen and nectar and they store it within the hive and these neonicotoids that they were using and fungicides, they are in the honey. They feed the pollen and that to the growing larva, mm-hmm. they die because they can't, but they he, have no resistance so to these this. Are, these are sprays that are like insecticides, uh, weed killer type of stuff, and, Fertil- fertilizer? And the fungicides like- and They uh, probably like originally tested them on adult bees and they were like, oh, they're fine, but cor- they didn't, they well, didn't realize. The, and this has been going on for years. Yeah. And one of the greatest things in the world is uh, you're a chemical company and you want to sell your product. So you do the testing. They did the testing in their labs, in their facilities, and they came up and said, no harm. Yeah, they're, and they're not biased. So no, they're cool. not biased. They're, we're they're cool. cool. They're cool. They're cool. So they did all that. And then they filed their paperwork and the pa- folks all read it and they go, oh, the chemist at Monsanto and Bayer, they said this is just perfect. And they go, okay, go ahead and use it. Hmm. No outside labs have ever, and when the outside labs or universities test it, they come back with opposite results. And you're seeing anecdotally or locally, you're seeing your it's bees die. Yeah, yeah. It's happening everywhere, all throughout the United States. Because you guys get together, all you beekeeper. Is yes. like a convention? Uh, yes. We, you beekeepers. Yeah. I didn't mean to sound uh, no. derisive. Is no. that even a word? Righteous? I, I usually say you derisive. always come up with those. Is that? Is this righteous? Or is that righteous? He's a, he's a righteous man. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, you bet your hootie. We have conventions throughout uh, the year. Uh, I just picture every, everybody rolling in with a beard full of bees on, like, yeah. hello, Bill. Uh, hello, Clyde. Yes. And, you, you know. Hello, uh, Tina. You, you know, beekeepers nice looking are. Nice beard, Tina. Uh, yeah, we're very casual guys. So, I mean, 50 miles in, you say, yeah, that guy's a beekeeper. And you go, how do you know? He's driving that flatbed truck, towing a forklift. Yep, he's a beekeeper. When you get there, you're 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 sh- you're sharing your stories that this is not good. This, this is, is not good. We're, we're uh, in dire straits. You know, we have uh, professors, uh, scientists that are coming in from throughout the United States, uh, Canada, and Europe that are uh, informing us of the studies that they're doing on these different uh, insecticides and uh, that are used. Uh, it is ironic when you look four years ago, approximately they had the same problem going on in France. Mm-hmm. The farmers and beekeepers of France went to their government. It was a matter of weeks, weeks. They took a vote in their parliament and said, fine, the products are banned in France immediately. Take them out of the country, haul them away, and get what, them out. And what happened? The bees came back? The bees are starting to come back much better because let's clarify if that doesn't happen here 
you know, what, what are the ramifications well, of that? And, and, and before you even answer that, why is it not happening here? Like, is it because of the big, the big money and like big ag, like Monsanto, they lobbying and like keeping people from, like the legislation for going going through? Is that what's happening? Well, that and uh, the pen is mightier than the sword. Whatever you can write on paper and make it look documentatively correct, it goes through better. Uh, Monsanto was the whipping post for many, and they have come on board with. Uh, S several different people in the last few years, and they're changing their attitude. Hmm. And they're actually putting their checkbook into play and starting stronger investigation. Bayer hasn't really jumped on the, the bandwagon yet, and they are the biggest guys in town. Really? Okay. Yeah. So they, we got to get them on board. Will we? By we? Will the industry get them on board? Wow. We do not have, in the beekeeping industry, the power of money that they have. Well, you got Cheerios. You got Cheerios. So every little bit helps. Well, Cheerios but it could, is on board. Yeah. yeah, but it could not be Cheerios. You know, honey nut cereals and all that. You know, only 30% to 35% of the honey that is produced in the United States is actually sold here. 70% or just less is imported from outside of the United States. So the honey nut cereals and the honey granola bars and all that mm -hmm. would not be a bit surprising that that honey came from Pakistan, India, Australia, Argentina. 70% of that honey that we have in the store or we consume came from outside of the United States. It is ironic. It's just ironic. Uh, and it's what, not and what would happen. What, what would happen? What would happen if this if this problem isn't corrected? Well, uh, it's been stated by very intelligent uh, peoples that if uh, no bees, no food, they say that the Earth would probably last three or four years. Uh, I don't want to test the possibility over the theory of that. We would have to go into being grain and grass eaters. And I don't think our bodies can digest. I don't like grass. My front gra yard. I've tried it. A couple yeah. Times. We we would go into decline, and it wouldn't make any difference how much money you have in the world or what your position in life is. If there's no food to eat, there's just no food to eat. Period. So, hmm. what I mean, if what can we do? What can our listeners uh, do at this point to help? It sounds too, maybe too simplistic. Sponsor the local beekeeper. Go to his store, go to his farmer's market, and purchase his honey. That will help him maintain his business. We are losing, like I say, 35% or better of our hives, but we're losing much something even more important. That is beekeepers. Beekeepers that have been in the business for the second or third generations, they're saying, gee, Dad, you and mom can retire. I'm going to go. F I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm going to go find another job. Mm -hmm. They're getting out of the business. That is a, even a bigger loss. Well, here's to that, because I, I think we've proven that beekeepers are pretty cool. And you know what? Huh. I think we've got some of your wares here. Yeah. Pull it out, we man. You should be you, toasting you, honey, man. Yeah, let's do it. You brought some, right? Yes. And it was like, it's like warm. It's like it came out of the, it's not as warm now, but. I don't know it if came it came out of, out of a, car. came straight out of a bee. Before we came down, uh, I came down uh, to do. Uh, I bottled this up, just freshly bottled this is up. Fresh. So fresh. Yeah. This is collected today. Yeah, we ate some of this before, but we, well, we, with Bill, and now we're gonna do it with you, man. It was it was cool to hang out with you that day. It was. And it, it was, was cool to hang out here. So yeah. Oh, I have the. So support. The I have the spoon. Support the local beekeeper. Support to be local uh, beekeeper. Any Show me your spoon technique uh, while you're talking. Plant some wildflowers. Plant wildflowers. Yeah, get out there and plant wildflowers. Uh, educate the, uh, the f your family and friends out there that you want to get the local honey. Like we're eating right now, this very nice local honey is excellent for those who have pollen allergies. It but it, it's sad to know that all the bees had to die to make this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is because mm -hmm. it is the bee's blood, right? It's the bee's mm -hmm. blood, right? That's what no. honey is. No, it's just a nectar from the flower. No. Oh, no bees died? No bees died. In the making of this honey? No bees died. died. No, it's just like the TV show. 
and the movies. You're not no gonna animals die me. at the pr- at the filming of this show. I'm glad we clarified that. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, I couldn't keep up with them. Mm, that's good. You're I like that. You're not gonna that. be able to convince me that's not bee blood, but I still love it. Mm. Bee blood, bee guts, something. You know, bee blood is actually yellow. Yeah, so just like that honey. That's kind of a brown, amber. Oh. Mm, that's good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, it'll put hair on your chest. I'm I'm good there. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Well, I agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what you seen his chest? No. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's why I have no hair in my head. It fell down. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming in, yeah, man. Thanks, You're Mark. welcome. Good. Thank you, guys. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Mr. Clyde Steese. You can pick up the honey that Clyde extracts from the the honeycomb over at BillsBees.com. It's good, we just ate some. And support your local beeist. Yes, you should eat local honey. I mean, that isn't, yeah. that's, that's important. You're supposed to do for it for the, for the allergies and stuff, so. So do both of those things. Yes. Uh, while we're at it, asking you to do things, Leave a review on iTunes uh, for this podcast. That's uh, extremely valuable to us. Uh, comment on SoundCloud if that's where you're listening or on YouTube if you're listening and watching here. Your feedback is always valuable, Mythical Beast. so use hashtag yes. Ear Biscuits wherever hashtags are found. And if you're watching on the This Is Mythical YouTube channel, we always appreciate a subscription. It's free. Man, all that talk about cereal, man. I'm hungry. Honey, that cereal does sound good right now. You wanna go get some? Well, I'm also thirsty. Well, there's milk in there. Mm. Gotta hydrate.